Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, Irish. We got a pretty basic question today, Father Len. Oh, okay. Since this is about life and religion and stuff. Basic so what is, is religion? What is it? Okay, no, so not why religion. But yeah, no, what, what, what is, is it? We can talk about why later. What is religion? Huh. Well, I do like the fact that the word religion means binding. Uh, it means relationship to you and God and other people, even in the environment. Uh, so religion is this binding of a relationship. It's a binding of a commitment, which I know sounds like right out of the dictionary, but that's a nice beginning. Um <laughs> Sorry. We should start with the beginning. It's start, a good place to start. Well, actually, let's start with the beginning. So here's a really off shoot. So I love Paleolithic and Neolithic times. What like I'm, I know. Who? Caveman times. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> For the less educated like I me, am Fatherland. such a nerd. I would love to be able to go back to Paleolithic times. So um, – I love studying it. I love if anything comes up on it, especially in Neolithic time. But here's the odd part. Or even Neanderthals. Uh, n- not human beings. Neanderthals. But in the beginning was religion. Because people like to say, oh, you know, in caveman days, they just lived in the caves and hunted. There's no – religion is a later invention. Not true. Um, not true at all. Like you, you have these – cave paintings of animals and handprints and 32 symbols that date back to Paleolithic time, old Stone Age times. They used the caves and decorated them with art and musical instruments uh, in these rites of initiation and rites of death. Outside uh, these caves were often graves that they'd bury their dead. They had rituals for initiation and death. Um, And throughout Europe are these caves. They're cathedrals of uh, beautiful artwork, just incredible artwork. We always like to think we're so sophisticated. Primitive man was incredibly artistic and had basic instruments, but religion combined music and art and astrology so that it unifies human beings together. Even um, Neanderthals, that amazed Neanderthals, they had rituals for funerals. In the Shanakar Caves, in, I, I know I'm getting strange. No, no. What, where, where did all this, these, the stuff on the caves, where did it come from? Was it them trying us. to explain life? Was it, no, what, what rites of initiation is a very, very educated guess. Funerals and rites of initiation. So you'd go into the cave, a child, and come out a man. So it's a rebirth. It's coming out of the cave is this rebirth. The dead are buried outside the caves um, in this idea of kind of this rebirth or Stonehenge or New Grange. Um, Religion was this mix of art and astrology and architecture. It was incredible. But it's its purpose was binding us to each other, to um, initiations, to deal with death. Um, 
So just think about this. Religion always existed. In the beginning was religion. And religion was this mix of storytelling and art and ritual. In all these places, there's definitely uh, remains of feasting. So it also involved food. So it's not like religion is this later invention to control human beings. From the beginning, we had religion that somehow tied us to a purpose and new birth and even this idea of maturity. Religion binds us together. So, Father Len, you mentioned in all these caves, there were the same 32 symbols. Same Did 32, you say that? Yes, yeah, same yes. 32 symbols. Uh, what are they? Are, Could you, can, can you, do you know what the, what, do you remember all 32 or do you oh, remember? God, no. Okay. Uh, but there were the same. Just name a couple just so we can get a sense oh, of like what this was about. Different squiggles, broken lines, things like that. So you had uh, images of animals, these 32 symbols that are found. And in the cave, clearly there is a plan to it because on one side of the cave, there's male animals. On the other side, there's female animals. So there's this idea of separation. Um, and in all these caves, you have the same kind of style. So it's not just somebody, you know, ancient man wandered in and drew some uh, paintings on the cave. So each of these symbols had some commonly understood meaning to everyone? I mean, if, if, well, if I was part of that group, I walked into the cave and I saw a symbol, would I know what it was and would I know what it's telling me? Well, we don't know for sure, but clearly if there's the same 32 symbols used throughout all these caves, then they must have had a meeting. They're not random squiggles. Um, and the caves themselves are designed where when you have this beautiful artwork of like a buffalo, they use the natural shape of the rock. So if there's a bulge in the rock, that would be the sho shoulder of a bison. So when you take uh, these stone – uh, lamps, and they found some of those in these caves and walk around with it, it looks like all the animals are running. It's incredible artwork. So, so when human beings found the ability to use art, what they used it for was religion. Well, so in the beginning was religion, and religion was expressed with art and symbols. So would those symbols be almost like a foreshadowing of the Ten Commandments and stuff? No, I mean, probably it was some sort of hieroglyphics, like pre-language. So not like letters, but they had some hieroglyphic meaning to them. We don't know what they are. There's guesses. But um, but it's almost like, you know, a, a man's kind of search for meaning and kind of finding meaning and hearing it from God in some way. I'd like and to then think response. A, a response? It's man's response back to God. They feel this call. I mean this is my interpretation. They feel this call and there's a response back. And not only is there art, but you, they had shamans who, who – they had religious leaders who led them. Uh, so you have order and religious uh, leaders and – it's not random. It's not like just man went into cave and drew some paintings. They're beautiful artworks. So it's it's us interpreting what we're hearing from God. 
Uh, yeah, you could say that, I suppose. I mean, this is all... I mean, and it's kind of evolved over time is what I, what, what I hear you saying. Oh, it's, yeah. Like it's, I, it's, yeah. It's, it's God always speaking to man and then man responding in some way, ki- trying to kind of understand what they're hearing and spreading the word. So in the, in the Catholic liturgy, I love this. There's always this – in Catholic and Jewish liturgy, a dialogical response where um, there's a back and forth, if you notice, the Lord be with you and also with you. Uh, always back and forth in Jewish and Catholic liturgy. So it's listening and it's a dialogue. Religion is not a monologue. It's a dialogue between us and God, trying to respond to God. And just on these idea of symbols, like it does amaze me how the same symbols in the Bible keep being repeated over and over and over and over and develop more meaning. Like just today I was at a funeral and our musicians sang one of the songs was, Here I Am, Lord. Well, if you know the Bible well, that phrase, Here I Am, starts with Abraham, um, um, Isaac, Jacob. Um, they all, all made well, major figures in the Old Testament. When they're about to sacrifice themselves for something greater, they say, Here I Am. That's not an accident. Um, and so to understand just that little tiny three-letter phrase, here I am, you have to take it from Abraham and add up all the meanings. Um, so you take one little symbol and over centuries, the symbols develop more and more and more. And so like, I often talk about bad religion. Um, it's my joke. There's good religion and bad religion. Good religion is one that binds us together. Bad religion is just um, a structural form for coercion. So give me an example of both. Mm. So, okay, so I'll take one of my favorites. Since we're both of Irish extraction, distinction, distance. Distraction? (laughs) That came out wrong. I guess we are always Except for Jake. We're not really sure. Extraction. Extraction. Jake, we're not sure what he is. But anyhow, um, so... When Ireland, Celtic Ireland, was evangelized, um, there was this golden age of spirituality. And I think that's a great example of good religion where Ireland, religion became this force of both education, of unifying. And in a Celtic village, they would have had hundreds of prayers memorized. So when the sun came up, you'd say one prayer. Lighting a candle, you'd say another prayer. Blowing out a candle, you'd say another prayer. All these rituals. It's in this book called the Carmen de Gaelica. Um, all with the all the the reason was to bring people together to find and to the, bind them together right. somehow. It, all these rituals it bound they, them together, and it was discovering the presence of God in daily life, in the sunrise, in. So so many of these prayers in sunrise, in evening, uh, when you'd wash your face, you would do it three times in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All these rituals that it became this thing that tied all people together, tied the village together and the community together. In a good way. In a good way and tied them to God. So when, when you went back to the caveman, when you were talking about the caveman. Paleolithic. 
I'm, I'll, I'll just use caveman, okay. common, whatever for okay, me to understand. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. You were talking about caves anyway. Yeah, we didn't anyway. live in caves. We, okay. had rich, we had church in caves. But so was God involved then? Yes. I mean, so yeah. God is always a factor in yeah. this religion. Even it says in the Bible about um, ancient times, in the Bible even says that they called upon the name of God, which is is strange. Even before Abraham, Adam and Eve, after Adam and Eve, humanity was always calling out to God. I like that image. Even in Paleolithic caveman times, it's so easy even a caveman can do it, you, that there's this urge for God and each other. And so they wrapped all that urge with a lot of ritual. So it, it sounds like you know, that forever humans have been trying to kind of figure out where we came from answer and how this we call. got here. Yeah, and answer this call from this mysterious thing we call God that binds us together and directs our lives. Okay. We've always been that way. Now, there has been small experiments without it. You have Soviet Russia. But remember, what is – they're not even sure, but um, – in Soviet Russia, you know, Lenin and Stalin, Stalin killed like some between 14 and 50 million, I think, something like that. It's outstanding. It makes Nazism look tame. Uh, their experiment in atheism led to a lot of bloodshed. Or Mao, very anti-religious. They weren't going to have any religion. And Mao, I think, was who killed 80 million people. Or the French Revolution says, well, we're not going to have religion. We're going to worship rationality. Well, soon the streets were in blood. My only point there is that except for a few examples, societies uh, – and they did not – experiments in atheism did not work well. OK. So why is that, Father Len? Why did these experiments in atheisms go so wrong? What happened? Why did they fail? I'm not a historian, but I would say this. Just looking at it, any time you have, uh, let's say in this atheism where there is no higher moral code than my intellect, uh, anytime you have some system where uh, I can justify anything, there's no, there's no God, so I can rationally come up with any reason I want to do anything and say it's right. So if we need to kill a couple million people, well, it's the right thing to do. So I think – We've got to weed them out. Right. You can always justify your actions if there's no larger yardstick. So if you say God is love and you will be judged in the evening of your life on how you loved other people, well, I can try and justify all my behavior, but I know I'm falling short of the yardstick. If you say, no, I just work by logic, which anybody that says that is a liar um, – you can logically come up with a reason to do anything you want, kill anybody. So I just think atheism doesn't work. Human beings aren't – as much as we like to proclaim ourselves as rational, we're not. We come up with excuses. We justify our behavior. But atheism won't work or always leads to bloodshed because you can always come up with a reason to murder somebody. So the big problem is that 
in atheism, the individual decides what's right and wrong. Right. Based on whatever their reasoning is. You and it's do, usually probably selfish. It usually is very selfish. I'm not saying they all are. but And yes, you do have the problem with religion uh, doing the same thing. But it's not the same thing because atheism says there is no other – you know source of justice than how I view things. But in religion, you say, oh, no, God is the source of justice and we will be judged. So, so in a way, atheism is kind of like a religion, but it's not very oh, yeah. good religion. No, I always say atheism is a type of religion. And you know, my joke is I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Uh, I think it takes more faith to believe that all this is an accident. I think it takes more faith to believe, no, I am the measure of all morality. I think that takes greater faith to be an atheist. Wow. That's not such good religion then, that is, is it? bad religion. <laughs> Human beings have always had this binding between us and God. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. So speaking of bad – Bad religion contrasts the good and the bad. You were talking about the Irish and the rituals oh, yeah. and the so stuff the that Irish bind us together. bound them together. But even when the Ten Commandments is not to take the Lord's name in vain, when it says – when God gives that commandment to Moses, do not take my Lord's name in vain. And when he gives it, it's a harsh of him because in one time God will say, if you do this, I will not forget it. And it, I find it so aggravating when people say taking the Lord's name in vain is saying GD. God is not God's name. That's his job description. Taking the Lord's name is to misuse religion for power or wealth or violence. That is bad religion. To misuse religion to commit evil in the name of God. God was going to say, I never told you to do that. You're you're taking the Lord's name in vain. People want to read it and dumb it down to say the Lord's name in vain. And God asks us to be vigilant on not having bad religion. Like bad religion is not boring religion. Like when I say bad religion, I don't mean boring in the sense that I just get nothing out of you know, like Jake, as soon as the priest starts giving a homily, he falls asleep. Throwing you under the bus again, Jake. You saw me. <laughs> Our poor uh, sound guy, he doesn't get to talk much, only when he has to defend himself. Just throwing you stones know. right at him. This is horrible. <laughs> but I don't mean boring. I'm not sure you're following good religion there, <laughs> Father Land. You're not really – you're not modeling no, this I'm very vicious. well. But – okay, back to this. So good religion is one that binds us to God and each other. Bad religion is one that misuses this divine impulse for power or wealth or corruption. And I, I make the same joke um, uh, that there's good scripture and bad scripture. Um, and I, I actually – I know that sounds strange, but I was listening to the scientist who once said, um, well, there's good science and bad science. And bad science is um, uh, you think this is a scientific truth and it's not. Bad scripture is when you think this is in the Bible and by the way, it's not. Bad religion is – you think God is telling you to do this, but God never said to do that. So there's a lot of religions, Father Len. Uh, how do you choose a religion? <laughs> I mean, how, how does someone – I mean, there's all kinds of different Christian faiths. You know, there's Catholic, 
Protestant, Methodist, whatever. There's Jewish. There's Islam. I mean, all that stuff. What? How? How, how would you, if you're interested in religion, how would you choose one? Well, I think okay, if if you're non-religious and you want to choose a religion, I think you should choose one based on um, the call from God. Like, is God calling you to that? The problem is you have to be incredibly honest. If you're going to religion so that you can make con- connections, business connections, you'll have a community and therefore your real estate business will, will we'll thrive. Not, that's bad religion. That's not the purpose of religion is to support your your company. Or if you use religion as theater, I don't like when people say, oh, church is theater. Uh, it is if you're for bad religion. If it's theater, well, why not just go to the movies? It's supposed to be a commitment. If it's just about entertaining me. So I, if you're going to choose a religion, choose one that really is this answer back to God, not because it serves some purpose for me, such as entertainment or business connections or even making me feel superior to other people. That's not binding. That's actually separating. So religion really has always involved some sense of God, some sense of, always, yes. of how we got here. This and, great and mystery. This, this great mystery that in theory would guide our lives, that that goes beyond human reasoning and human judgment and that kind of thing. Well, I would thing. say not goes beyond human reasoning, but it is a type of reasoning. Um, if you develop love, love for other people, and I – so I have to admit, like there's just some people I just love. I would do anything for them. But love is not just an emotion. Love is also a type of reasoning. I would happily sacrifice myself for many people. A father, like he told the story of uh, holding his kid and immediately falling in love with this kid, that he would do anything for this child. You could say, well, that's just emotion. But also, that's a way of seeing the world. That's, That's a certain type of knowledge. It's not academic knowledge, but that's a certain type of knowledge as well. Um. So religion is more than just emotion. It's also emotions are a way of thinking. Does that make any sense? Yep. So yes, it does guide us, but yeah. When you talked about choosing a religion, what would you say to parents? And I've heard people say, I'm not going to push them towards anyone. I'm going to let them choose their own religion. So I have to tell a story. I actually think in terms of stories in my head. So um, years and years ago, I was in Butte, Montana, my family – uh, that side of the family, they always gathered together for – they had six kids and then they had you know grandchildren and married. So they had this huge table on Sunday that would extend from the dining room clear into the living room um, and everybody's gathered around one of my cousins because um, I'm sitting there as a priest and um, one of my cousins – said, oh, yes. His wife says, well, we're going to let – they just had a baby. We're going to let our baby choose their own religion. Well, <laughs> if I'm sitting at the table, that's a little bit of a grenade. And so you can just see all eyes turn to me. So uh, my aunt says, well, what do you think of that? And I said, well, are you going to let your child choose what it wants to eat and when it's going to go to bed and when – if it wants to learn something? You know, you have to feed your child a certain spirituality. 
you know, if you want your child to really choose a religion, you have to feed it something. Later on in life, they can choose their own, but you have to give that. You're going to choose the way they eat and sleep and act. Why wouldn't you choose a spirituality for your child as well? And my aunt, and I like this, my aunt who's kind of brutal, she's Irish and, you know, those Irish women just are mean as snakes. Um, just kidding. Uh, she says to her daughter-in-law, she says, well, the problem is you were raised with no spirituality, so you don't have anything to feed your child. And that, that is very, just very true. It makes them look like they're very superior to say, we'll let our child choose their own religion. No, you, just, you don't have any spirituality to feed your child. That doesn't make you sound superior. You're just poverty-stricken. <laughs> so, Father Len, we've covered lots of ground here trying to help listeners understand the idea of religion, where it came from, what it is. Can you wrap this up with kind of a quick summary of what you hope listeners will take away from this conversation here today? Uh, so, in the beginning was religion. And that religion was expressed in art and architecture and uh, astrology and music. And it was a response back to God. The word religion comes from the word to bind, but it means relationship, that you're in relationship. So I like the idea like shalom. The word shalom has four parts. We translate it as peace, but it really means more like unity. And the four unities are... Um, Unity between us and God, unity between each other, unity within ourselves, and even unity with creation itself. You have all four of those. You have shalom. That's a good analogy of religion. Religion is about uh, connection. It means connections between each other and God. Um, we have this need, first of all, for community. We need connection with other people to truly bring about peace. We need connection with God. We need connection with the earth. We need connection with uh, a goal and purpose in life um, that's beyond us. All those bring out our true selves. And religion is actually trying to seek out true connection. I just think it's incredibly human. I love that thought. Religion is incredibly human because it's constantly seeking those deep connections we all crave and need. That's really good stuff, Father Len. So if you have a question about faith, religion, or life, a question you'd like us to grapple with, just head over to our website, www.gshow.com. That's www.gshow.com. Click on the questions button. You can send us a text, an email, or leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. And if you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review the Wrestling With God show. It helps people discover us. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm -hmm.